What's up, guys? Welcome What's back up, to the guys? Big Shots What's NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hernition, joined as always by my co-host, Devin Jackson. You can find our work over at Blue Chip Scouting. But we're joined by a very special guest today. He writes for NFL Mock. You can find him with the best Twitter handle on Draft Twitter at PriceCheck3. Nick Price, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. So uh, yeah, I, I just want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I did not mean to, to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, I got a midterms this week, but you know, spring breaks next week, so you know, it balances itself out, I guess. So you're where I was like three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to address this now. There is. I know there's probably going to be a little bit of an echo for whatever reason. Uh, we have not figured out why that is. So just bear with us. Um, but before we go into the meat and potatoes of today, we have a little bit of news. Just there's one thing that Devin and I, we would be remiss without mentioning it. Our guy, Peyton Ramsey, he was one of the main reasons we just fell in love with Indiana last year. And now we're going to have to pour one out for the homie because he decided to go to, of all teams, Northwestern. Pour one out for the homies, guys. A.K.A. quarterback killers. Oh. A.K.A. can't complete a pass past 20 yards. <laughs> the most offensive thing I have ever had to watch. I have watched a lot of offensive stuff that I will not get into. That was that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I purely said that just to get that reaction out of both of you, but... <laughs> Wow, I didn't think we were going to go off the rails about a minute and a half in, but alas, here we are. I can't say much either, so (laughs) oh well. So, what we're going to do today is Nick writes about uh, the Baltimore Ravens. He's a Baltimorean? Is that a thing? Uh, Depending on where you are in Maryland, like if you're from where I'm down in the Eastern Shore, they call Baltimoreans Baltimoreans. I don't want to go into the specifics of it because we'll be here all night, but <laughs> I, I've never referred to someone from Baltimore like that, so Ravens, if there's any Ravens fans who listen to this, don't hate me. I don't hate Baltimore. <laughs> all right. So so are you in Redskins territory? Technically, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel bad for you. A lot of family members are Redskins fans. Uh, oh. A lot of people I, I know personally are massive Redskins fans. There's also a lot of Eagles fans down here too, so it, and Cowboys fans. We travel. Yes, uh, I, yeah. So, <laughs> Y'all are everywhere. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. I'm not going to. Uh, so what? <laughs> what Devin and I did is we spent the day uh, on the Draft Network doing the mock draft simulator for the Ravens, and what we're going to do is we're going to kind of, before we get into our results, (laughs) we're going to kind of go over what we saw the team needs and the strategy for the uh, Ravens, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to go, the Ravens don't have anything after round five, so it's going to be really quick, Yeah. and then basically Nick's going to kind of, who had the better mock draft, and like who he would pick given the circumstances, does that sound good? Cool me. 
All right, so Nick, you are our resident um, Ravens fan. So, what do you think the biggest needs for the team are? Because again, they went fourteen and two. It's hard to pick a hole, but when you get bounced in round one or your first playoff game the last two years, you need something to kind of put you guys over the edge. Well, luckily, this was someone out there saved me a little bit of the brain power in the sense that Eric Tacasto. I think he interviewed with Garrett Downing, who runs like the mate, like the Ravens, like media. Uh, he ba he basically was interviewed by Garrett and said that you know what we're looking for in this draft are you know wide receivers, uh, defensive front seven, and oddly enough, interior offensive line. Um, Marshall Yonda, we don't know if he's retiring. That's kind of up in the air as of now. Um, I think if they do, do choose to go to look at all, like interior offensive line, you know it'll probably be just a find a replacement for Yonda, or if they don't like either Matt Skura and want to move on from him, or Patrick McCarry. Who played sparingly in in place for Skura this past season? Um, they may look for a center. Um, I'll, although I would argue that <clears throat> in like inside linebacker is a big need for them. Uh, L.J. Fort, Patrick Mwasser, and Josh Vines all played well in in you know replacement for C.J. Mosley, but they just didn't that offer that same punch, if you will, you know that C.J. C.J. you know brought to the team. Um, and an edge. Um, Matt Judon, obviously candidate for tag and trade. Um, I'm remaining optimistic that he will come back, but given Baltimore's history of re-signing pass rushers, i.e. Zedarius Smith, Paul Kruger, and Adelius Thomas, I don't think it'll happen, but who knows. And Tyus Bowser hasn't really blossomed to the player we all hoped he'd be, and Jalen Ferguson is still kind of figuring things out, so... Yeah, like I, edge is probably their chief need, and for the interior defensive line, um, Mike Pierce, free agent, um, and I'm, I've get the sense that Baltimore would like to look for more of a pass rusher in their interior because Brandon Williams isn't that much of a, isn't really offered that much, and Chris Wormley has been inconsistent in pass in pass rush, so that might be something they look. All right, so I'm taking a look at um, at the draft order. Now, what I'm thinking we're going to do is we're going to go kind of me, then Devin, then me, then Devin, and kind of break down the situation that was unfolding as we did our mock drafts. Now, for me, unfortunately, mine didn't save, so I just have the players and where I picked them. Devin probably has more situational as to, like, who was actually there. Uh, so, Devin, do you want to start with who you picked for uh, for the Ravens at 28? Yes, sir. So, I was going through the picks, and I was thinking about, you know, maybe grabbing the safety for the Ravens. I think they could use, like, a, a playmaking safety to help in the back end. But when I went to pick, Xavier McKinney was gone by 20. And that's who I ideally see, like, him fitting into. So, you know, kind of, you know, I guess reverse of, you know, changes and stuff like that, I decided that uh, I should go the route of picking linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU. Uh, and no, it's not because I'm an LSU fan, but I do see a need that the Ravens at linebacker, and I, I thought that, you know, him being available there and with Xavier McKinney already gone, because uh, I feel like it had to be McKinney at left at safety at that 
particular pick for me to pick a safety at in the first round at that pick. Um, but I decided to go with Patrick Queen. I feel like he, he will fit in. Uh, their aggressive defense can fill holes, uh, cover sideline to sideline. We'd like to see him be better on uh, eye discipline and uh, not going out there play action fakes and getting more depth in his drop. But I think he's talented enough to, to go with there with the Ravens. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like uh, Queen's actually probably one of the several guys I do hope the Ravens get at 28. Um, basis for all the things you just said, um, I, I've really – when I found out, you know, he was declaring, and I, I went back and studied his tape. I just, I, I was really, really intrigued by what he offered. Um, I think he has, I mean, he doesn't, I didn't think he has like the same type of range as like someone like Dylan Moses would have had if he was in this class. But still, like his, you know, range, you know, ability to cover, um, tackle it, I thought was especially strong. Um, and I think he really does fit the mold of what a Ravens linebacker could be. So. So when I took a look at mine, um, obviously I was looking at the same kind of needs. I was looking at edge. I was looking at linebacker. Those are kind of my two that I thought of. And then if there was a good value at defensive tackle, that was going to be the one that I took for that five technique. But there wasn't. Uh, but when I got to pick 28, I had the choice of Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. And I'm not going to lie. I, this is the hardest pick I had to make. Just because I love both of these guys, but I had to think about who, based on tendencies, was more likely to be the guy that the Ravens would want. And there's one thing that Devin didn't mention, is that since the Ravens became the Ravens, since they moved over from being the Browns, they've never selected an LSU player. And largely, that's due to Ozzie Newsom's connections with Alabama. And I can guarantee you that if Dylan Moses was in this class and he was uh, available, then we'd be talking about Dylan Moses with the pick. But he's obviously not, and I know that Ozzie Newsom is not still the GM. However, that tendency has still carried over into the Eric DaCosta regime. So I went with Kenneth Murray for that pick. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Murray, if you follow me on Twitter, you'd know that I've, I've been, he's another one of those players I've been kind of pounding the table for. Um, and to be honest, like Kenneth, like Kenneth Murray, if he, I mean, I'm saying Patrick Queen is because I literally just said that he was, but Murray is also like another type of a type of football player that Ravens, you know, would draft. You know, and I'm not even talk about skill wise, but like you know, he's a vocal leader. You know, he, <clears throat> he I won't say he brings a presence to the locker room, but he kind of does. And he's just like a really you know up upstanding guy. Um, but for me, like I really don't anticipate Murray being there at 28. Um, if he is, awesome. But like, obviously, the Raiders have a needed linebacker. Um, so do the Jaguars with Telvin Smith being gone. And I can, there's maybe another team there in between that I could I could see end up drafting him. You know, it's like a shocker almost. I mean, like New England's losing Jamie Collins and and Kyle Van Noy, so that could be a thing. They could shock us all and, and take Kenneth Murray, but. Given Baltimore's like recent history with drafting like strictly like OU players most of the time, like I I think you know if Murray is there and Patrick and Queen isn't, I think you know they're hopping on him in an instant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Devin, who'd you get for for round two? Because I think this is really where we're going to start to go in very different directions. Well, uh, round two, 
you know, edge was one of the things I saw that uh, the Ravens needed. And I think they needed like a dynamic pass rusher. So I went with edge player, Josh Uche, Uche from Michigan. You rat bastard. He was long gone in mind by the time I got there. <laughs> long gone. So I think I have the lead right now, but I'm just kidding. I don't know who you pick for yours, but I picked Josh Uche. Uh, this is somebody I've been watching. You know, we cover the Big Ten extensively, Mike, and we saw plenty of, of film on him, plenty of games. Fast guy. You saw him down in Mobile. You got to interview him. S- such a great guy. Terrifying human being. He he can really get after the passer, and that's something that the Ravens needed, something Nick was talking about earlier uh, in terms of Ravens' needs. So I felt that the fact that he even made it at that point, I was like, I absolutely have to get him right there. I don't know if he actually falls that far, but anything is possible kind of in this draft class. But Uche, he's a great player, quick off the ball, can get to the passer at will, you know, he's everything you want, an edge player. Not necessarily the biggest guy, but you tell him on third downs, um, predictable second and longs, go get the passer, he can do that. You know, we're going to see, you know, how much the Ravens would potentially use him and, you know, kind of what his kind of mindset in terms of packages he'll be included in, stuff like that. He has some coverage skills as well, so, you know, maybe you see him drop back in coverage every now and then, but I think he, he's a, he'll be a great pick there. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Um, Uche, like, if you have the Bravens draft Uche, hell, even the first round or second round, he probably will come in day one to start. Right That's if, like, regardless, Matt Gion is there or not, at least, at least in my opinion. Um, like, when I watched it, when I put him on tape, the first game I saw of him was uh, the Iowa game, and him just absolutely, like, bull rushing Tristan Wirfs and just, just pushing him back into Nate Stanley, which I never would have thought coming given how, you know, compact Uche is. Um, but no, he he has a, an incredible bull rush for his size. I, I really like his hand technique, and uh, he's just as Devin said, he's very very quick off the edge. Like he he comes out of nowhere. It almost seems. Um, and I think like schematically, like Baltimore can do a lot with him. Um, tip, they don't usually pe- play their base formation, which is three four most of the time. They kind of usually use dime and nickel packages. So I mean, we could potentially. So Mart, Don Martindale could potentially you know put. Uche all over the field, you know. So basically, with with yeah, at least along the front seven. So now I like the pick. I do. I think it's a great fit for Baltimore. Yeah, I like that pick too. And again, like I said, I'm very jealous that uh, that Devin got to make that pick because he was like he was gone by like pick forty or you know forty five or fifty in mine, and I'm just sitting there like, man, that was who I wanted. Um. So I had to sit there, and I believe that the uh, Ravens have picked 60. Now, this was a reach given my board, but given TDN's predictive board, uh, it was perfect value because he's 60th on theirs. It was Marlon Davidson, uh, the defensive tackle out of Auburn. Again, like I said, a little bit of a reach on my board as I have him uh, valued in like kind of late round three in that like 90-ish range, but I had to make sure that I got a pass rush from the five technique, and that is exactly what Marlon Davidson is, 
And then when I thought about mentality-wise, he's just, there's that old adage of, like, you know, guys that just play like a raven. And we hear um, Daniel Jeremiah talk about it a lot because he obviously came up through the Ravens organization. And Marlon Davidson is that. He actually has a lot of swagger. Uh, when I was down in Mobile, uh, one of the things I asked him was, like, so uh, who was the best, you know, what was the best game you put on tape? And he goes, George. I said, why? He goes, simple. I dominated them. Like, that is exactly the type of guy that I can imagine Baltimore just falling in love with so getting him at 60 again i'm not a big fan of the value but i think that it's a perfect need and he can contribute right away as a rookie honestly i wouldn't mind davidson i mean i mean i've told you before that you know i've i wasn't that impressed with davidson when with like davidson under my initial watch of him but when i went back and looked at him under a different set of eyes i could kind of see where everybody was like coming from with you know the hype um I'm not, I don't think it's too terrible of an overreach. I mean, he probably will become a day one starter in Baltimore's defense. Uh, and as you said, he plays like a Raven. I, I, the thing that stands out in my mind is that quote, that famous quote from his from the Combine just recently of him saying, you know, that the reason why he loves playing football <clears throat> is that he gets to, like, physically beat a man and not get arrested, which I think is wonderful. That is, that is exactly what I want to hear from my defensive tackle. So, you know... Um, but yeah, I think you know Davidson. He offers a lot, you know, in terms of like speed. I think he doesn't do. He's still a little funky technique-wise for me. Um, but the the sheer the sheer willpower he puts up on tape, I think, would really be a nice fit for Baltimore. So, I like it. I think so far both of us are kind of crushing this draft. If we're being honest, I mean, we've both there's not been a lot of negatives uh, so far. But you know, the draft isn't built on first and second rounders. Sure, that's what ESPN and NFL Network will like to talk about is, you know, those guys. But really, teams are built on day, on late day two and day three of the draft. So this is where we're going to see a lot more variance. So, Devin, who did you get for them in round three? Well, I know that, you know, they have a pretty solid receiving core already. Uh, tight ends are fantastic. But I decided to go receiver route and and pick 92 in the third round, I got wide receiver Courtney Davis out of Texas A&M going Woo! to the Bengals. And I know how much Mike loves this guy. Uh, we've seen the moves he could put on, on players. Quick, to, quick twitch guy, can make separation, can make the tough catches. And I feel like He'd be perfect on those slants from Lamar Jackson on, on the, the uh, you know, RPOs and making moves in space and, uh, you know, going up and, and getting a jump ball. I think he can excel in all those aspects. And, you know, I think he'll be a, a really nice option for Lamar Jackson to, to go to. We know Hollywood Brown is exactly the tallest receiver. Willie Steed is getting up there in age. Um, you know, some of the other receivers are solid, but I feel like Courtney Davis will bring a different dynamic. And he has the versatility to play in the slot outside. And I just think that he, you know, someone that's going gone under the radar in, in this receiver class is so top heavy. You got Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Henry Ruggs, um, you know, LaVisca Chanel, Justin Jefferson, so many guys at the top. Uh, and then you get into these later rounds, you know, you still got like the KJ Hamlers of the world and, and some of those other guys, Antonio, uh, again, is it Golden Gandy or Gandy Golden? I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but G Gandy Golden, I used to make that same mistake. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, 
Brandon Ayuk was someone else I was eyeing, but he got picked like 70. Um, and I, I just thought that and in terms of that spot, too, there wasn't a whole bunch in terms of like inside defensive linemen because uh, I wanted to try to get a five tag. But there really was no one there at that time that had a good value. So I decided to, you know, pick a, a solid receiver, someone that produced in college and will, you know, certainly produce at the next level as well. Okay, so I just want to start right off the bat and say that I fist bumped the air when you said Courtney Davis. I'm not even joking. Um, Courtney Davis has become like one of my favorite players in the class. Um, as as you said, I think he'd be a perfect fit for uh, Baltimore in terms of playing a slot. Like I've liked Willie Sneed since he's been in Baltimore. I thought he's been solid, but he did struggle with a lot of drops in that uh, divisional <clears throat> game against the Titans. And he granted Baltimore did sign him for another year. But I've said I've said in pieces that I've written that I think Snead could be on his way out potentially if you know Baltimore finds another option. Um, and I think you know with Davis in the slot and or in the in the slot and Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin on the outside, I think they'd be a really great receiving core for Lamar Jackson. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I you really want me with that one. I, that I don't know. I don't know if that'll be the deal breaker in the in, in this you know, little mock draft face off, but that that's that's a, that's a strong pick. All right, and uh, again, picking you know, uh, again, ninety two came around for me, and it was a matter of I couldn't believe that this guy was still available on the board at pick ninety two. Uh, you know, Devin's already tackled the edge rusher need. I'm sitting there in round three, going. Well, I, I really wish I had an option to, like, trade up. And, I mean, with the lack of picks that Baltimore has, trade-ups really aren't viable for them this year anyways. And then I saw that Bradley Anai was still available at pick 92, and I had to end that because this is a top 50 player in the class. So to get about about a value of about a round plus, uh, it just it just needed to be done. Uh, again, we've seen Baltimore kind of swing and miss with some of these uh, edge uh, projects like Jalen Ferguson, who, despite being like the NCAA's all-time leader in sacks, had a lot of work technically that needed to be done. Tim Williams was rawer than sushi, the greener than turtle excrement. He was all of those and then some. And then the fact that Matt Judon is probably going to leave in free agency, obviously I had to get out of the top 100 with an edge rusher because this is not a very good edge class to begin with so getting Bradley and I who currently on my board is sitting at and I'm just pulling this up now uh Bradley and I is my 41st ranked player and I got him at 92 so you want to talk about you fist bumping over uh Courtney Davis I was legitimately in class doing this mock draft fist pumping so I think I might have pulled ahead in this one just a bit just a little bit. Uh, if, and if, if any of you have followed me on Twitter, you know that I am a firm Bradley Anai stan. Um, I do, obviously, I will be the first to admit that he doesn't have the best length, and I'm not a big fan of his athleticism overall. I mean, the combine kind of proved that. But it, with hand technique, I think he shoots off the edge very well, um, and he just, just plays his heart out. He, I mean, I wouldn't say he's like a try-hard that type of player, but the, the man just is unrelenting on the edge. Um, I mean, it recently, like, Baltimore's kind of spent picks on, on late-day 
on, on day two for edge rushers. And it hasn't really worked out, obviously, you know, Ferguson and Bowser, but also uh, Kamale Correa wasn't that big of a hit. And Sergio Kendall, if you want to go back, I think it was 2011, I believe, or 2010. So, but I think, uh, given the, put in the Raven system, I think Bradley and I does have a, enough tools to succeed. Um, I don't think I'd drop him into coverage at all. Um, I think he'd be, wouldn't say be a, a pure third down guy, but I just I don't think I'd drop him in the coverage. I think there's Ravens have a little bit more could use other players in that type of role. So, but no, uh, uh, if if there's one way to uh, win my heart over is uh, give Bradley a night to the Ravens because then I'm just like in, in love with the whole mock. That doesn't look good for Devin, but I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, you know. It, day one and two, those are nice, but you gotta you gotta seal the deal in in, in day three. So Devin, take it away. Uh, there's only a couple of picks left. They've only got uh, a f- two fours and a five. So Devin, who'd you get at? Uh, my math is terrible. Devin, who, who'd you get the first fourth round pick? Yeah, so uh, I was kind of going through and trying to see if I could get a inside offensive lineman that uh, would be of value potentially for the Ravens. Uh, I really didn't see one that I really loved. I mean, Tyler Biotish was there, but I don't really, I don't really love his game. I really don't love his fit for the Ravens. So I decided to go inside defensive lineman and I picked up uh, Leke full two. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong uh, from Utah. Um, he, he's a big boy. Uh, he, he's someone that can to hold down the, the middle uh, of a defense. Um, it's pretty explosive, too, for his size. Uh, he, he wins, you know, at, at the, the one technique. I know you were talking about earlier, the five technique for uh, your pick, uh, Mike. But I think that he can be a media impact guy, um, someone that can – not going to necessarily, you know, beat an offensive lineman and give him like five or six sacks in a year. But I feel like kind of in that division, like it's still kind of old school, you know, there's still an emphasis on running the football. Uh, you know, it's still, you know, kind of an emphasis in, you know, the Ravens being able to stop, you know, uh, running games is something that they hang their hat on. And I feel like he can be an immediate impact guy, um, not necessarily someone that may play all three downs or, or be in on long third downs, but someone that will really hold down that the middle of that defense and um, be a, a successful contributor for years to come. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive Lucky Foto fan as well. Um, in fact, in Mocking to the Ravens, he kind of reminds me of a former Ravens defense tackle. I'm probably about to butcher this, but it's uh, Maeki Kimoto. He played for the Ravens from 2002 to 2005, and he also played on the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl in 2012. And both went to Utah. Um, obviously, uh, I think Lucky is a bit shorter than he is, but they're all about, they're about the same weight, and they're both about the same uh, type of body type too, which I think is interesting. Um, but no... Um, I'm a big Fotu fan. I think you know he—he's another guy who I think moves fairly well for his size. Uh, there isn't a lot of like he's tightly built in the sense that he he carries a lot of more muscle than fat, which I think is really great. Um, and it just you know 
talk about you know for you know scheme wise in the Ravens. Like I don't think you're right. I don't think he'll be asked to do very much, which is fine. You know, Michael Pierce, you know, doesn't do too much, but in that, I think you know, I think Baltimore can kind of afford to let Pierce go in free agency because he'll be 28. Um, I don't know what his, how much they'll be willing to pay him. Um, and DeCosta, this offseason is really big about getting younger. So I think drafting and bringing in Foto, you know, who's I think will be like 22, 23, his rookie season. I think you know that's a great fit for Baltimore, and he and he'll slide in right there with you know Brandon Williams, and if they decide to go after Marlon Davidson as well, you know, or Chris Rumley or whomever. So I I really like I really like Foto. Um, so and I think he'll be just a probably he'll actually I don't think he'll be a great Baltimore, but he has the potential to be. So. You know, I, I, I'm I'm glad that we got so many Samoan names in this. We have Bradley and I. I mean, Lecky Fotu, uh, and then Maaki Kiamuadu, uh, which I am amazed that either of you were able to remember Maaki Kiamuadu. And now I believe I've fucked that up. Um, but I'm sitting there, and at 124, because I forgot that the Draft Network doesn't actually have comp picks yet because the NFL hasn't released comp picks. I'm sitting there, and I go... You know what? Again, de- similar to Devin earlier in the draft, this offense needs a little bit more juice. Like they have Mark Ingram, they have Lamar Jackson, obviously, Marquise Brown. They have uh, Andrews. They might trade Hayden Hurst. Whatever the case may be, I'm sitting there going, really, they need another weapon. And sure, there are deep threats galore in this in this class. But they need a big body, like a real big body, like a guy that no one was really sure what position he was going to play until he ran his 40 in Indianapolis. I have no idea how he is still available here. I value him in around this area, but, and also because, well, Canada, Chase Claypool! I'm on the edge of my seat. I hope you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, I mean, obviously, there's there's the connection with you know Boykin being already in Baltimore, um, and I I think you know I don't remember who I saw do this on Twitter. Uh, forgive me for forgetting your name, but I saw them compare him to to Vincent Jackson, which you know, like testing numbers wise, they're almost an identical match. So, um, but no Claypool, like um, before the combine, I was one of those people who said he maybe he could switch to tight end, but now I'm like, oh yeah, he's a receiver, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, like, you know, he'd be a great, great weapon for Lamar. You know, something for somebody you know, other than Boykin or the, one of the tight ends to Tim just to, you know, throw the ball up and have, you know, Boykin, you know, catch 50-50 balls. But also he can offer not just about a little bit more, um, you know, speed because, you know, he's in that four three eight. I mean, he's obviously fast enough to play. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I honestly, I think, I mean, I would look for more of a slot receiver in the draft, you know, given, you know, Willie Sneed, you know, being older and, I don't know how his future will look, um, but no. Overall, I I would welcome Chase Claypool to the Ravens over in uh, with open arms, if you know Eric DaCosta and company were to take him in April. So that 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 that's a that's that's a that's a sharp pick right there. That's that's good. That's good stuff. All right. So it seems like both, so far you haven't really had any ne- anything negative to say now. What's weird is that uh, they pick up 124, and then they have 129, which is like five picks. I'm not sure how they got that pick. 
but yeah, two fourth rounders. So Devin, you know, you got to make a count. Yeah, mine's a little bit different. Mine's is one nineteen and one twenty four. In terms of that might have been it. That might have yeah. been it. I might have, I might, my dyslexia may have flipped those. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I decided that you know it was kind of weighing the options. Uh, Chase uh, Claypool actually went to the Chargers in my mock, like in like the you know the seven wow. round mock, which was kind of interesting that you missed like mission like Vincent Jackson, um, but. In terms of players I got, again, I looked at, you know, kind of who was all available, you know, what kind of value can I give for them? And I know another, not necessarily a media need, but a need is at safety for the Ravens. And this is a guy that I don't expect to be the day one starter, but I think he can be molded into a pretty solid starter. And it's actually another Utah guy, uh, and that'll be safety Julian Blackman. Um, and he, you know, he's an interesting pick. You know, he used to play corner, um, but his speed wasn't just enough to he, – he, he wasn't fast enough to, to be a, a straight-up corner. So they moved him to safety, and he did pretty well this year. He's a, he's a pretty – he's a really solid tackler. That's something that the Ravens love. They love a good tackler. Um, and you, you've got Marcus Peters out there, you know, he's love the guy takes chances though, does miss tackles. So you need someone in the back end that can, you know, be sure to, to make that tackle. Um, he's a great tackler, someone that, you know, does really well in, in zone coverage knows, you know, can, can generally stay in, in the deeper half to, to be a, a solid player. He does struggle at times with like spacing and coverage, um, and, and kind of losing their the men in, in terms of spacing. But I think that he, um, just in terms of it, kind of his demeanor on the field, kind of just his swagger, you can, you can, you have to be a certain type of safety to play for the Ravens. You know, you got Ed Reed, you know, he's one of the greatest Ravens players ever that plays safety, you have, you don't have to be exactly his level, but you have to have that mentality that you will hit people, you know, you'll cover everything like that. He has those, those same kind of mentalities and he, he's a really solid tackler that, you know, I think will be a, a nice fit for the Ravens, not necessarily someone that will start immediately, but someone that can grow into that and then be, you know, that, that guy in the back end to, to help out the Ravens secondary. I agree with you. Um, Blackman, I, actually, I, oddly enough, you should mention this. I mocked him to the Ravens uh, about a month or so ago, and a seven-round mock I did. Um, as for like you know how you know how much he'll play, um, the Ravens uh, they signed Chuck Clark to a extension a couple couple weeks ago. Um, they really like Chuck. Uh, Chuck actually played fairly well in replacement for Tony Jefferson down the stretch. Um, so I think you know Blackman. Yeah, I trust me. I, I like the pick. I like the fit because I mean he. He does play like a Raven. That that hit he laid out on C.J. Verdell during the uh, uh, Pac-12 championship that was something else. I'd like I leapt up out of my chair when he when he hit Verdell. That was that was nice. Um, but no, uh, like Blackman, I think like initially he'll probably you know like you said he'll be a starter lay down you know way down on the line. Um, he'll probably you know come in like right away. Um, 
maybe be on they they thrown on sub packages every once in a while. Um, man, he'll probably actually be a very very solid, uh, actually very good special teams player because you know the Ravens, you know that not, not only do they value defense, value defense, but they also are really big on special teams. You know, with Harbaugh being a you know special former special teams coach, so I I like the fit with Blackman. I think you know he, as you said he's a plus tackler, um, and I also I think he covers fairly well. Uh, particularly man, um, and you know the him being a corner. That's that's like that's like an also inter- interesting uh, tidbit about you know in terms of versatility. Say you know like Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey go down, and or one of those go down. You know so you could throw him in, in there. You know potentially play corner. You know if the situation calls for it. So I, I I like the pick. It's a good day three value. So oddly enough, as soon as Devin said Utah safety, I started getting very intrigued. But we had very similar. Uh, goals in mind here uh i wasn't exactly looking for a safety i was looking for someone that had that safety nickel kind of versatility and oddly enough i just went with a different utah safety so i went with terrell burgess uh the utah kid met him down in the senior bowl really good kid corner size um you know with kind of safety ish athleticism will kind of be a tweener reminds me a little bit of Tavon young who's already on the roster for uh um, for the Ravens is kind of, I think he's going to make his money mostly in the nickel, uh, which, you know, nickel corners are starters in today's NFL. Let's not pretend that they're not. So being able to get a guy that whether you want to continue to pay Tavon Young a lot of money, or like you said, uh, Nick, if one of those guys uh, with Marcus Peters or um, Marlon Humphrey goes down with injury, you have someone that can kind of step in right away. So again, same university, same position, just a different guy. Actually, I'm actually I like this pick a lot as well. Um, like you said, I'm one of those I'm one of those people who I I didn't really like like the fact that they paid Tavon Young all that money since he tore his ACL in 17 and he had a from what I hear a pretty gnarly like neck injury last year that kept him out all season. Um, so I mean, if the Ravens could would move on from Tavon Young this offseason, I think you know Burch would be a great fit in there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I was watch, I watched a little film on him last week, I think, week before last, and I think he, he he's he's a feisty guy. I think uh, I think yeah, I think similar to Blackman, but not quite the same level. I think he would be a, a pretty good fit in uh, Baltimore scheme. So yeah, yeah, I lost I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so right now we we we've gone through the, their first five picks. Now we're on their last pick. So this is really going to be what separates the men from the boys. Round five, Devin, who'd you go? So this one is strictly a developmental, but his potential is just so high. But he's not necessarily the fastest guy. He's not necessarily a guy that I think will be a star immediately. This is at a position where... You know, they have two all-pro guys already, and uh, we were just talking about the Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, but he does provide something neither of those guys have, and that's length. And this is a guy that, you know, is has has the length, has the ability. You know, you, you worry about him at times in coverage, but someone that I think can be proved valuable especially when you have to play some of the bigger receivers, some of the bigger bodies uh, once you get in the playoff time. 
Um, you know, we see like the tendencies of the world got Corey Davis and, uh, you know, I'll try to try to think of some other, some other pre-tall receivers in the AFC. I mean, still got AJ Green on the Bengals within the division. Um, some of those other guys, but anyway, I'm, I'm saying all that is to say that I picked Lamar Jackson because you cannot have the Ravens <laughs> without two Lamar Jacksons. <laughs> oh my yes. God! I want AJ Green on the uh, on the Ravens, and then I want Lamar Jackson on the Bengals. That would be mad. That would be absolutely mad. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know what they do with the whole jersey situation with that, because um, obviously that'd be very, very confusing. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having another Lamar Jackson in, a, in Baltimore. I mean, they've already, I mean, it's, talk about the length thing. I mean, they, they, Amon Lewis Marshall, who they took last year, I believe, in the fourth, um, he, was, he's a, he was kind of that big lengthy kind of corner. I mean, he hasn't played much because he's spending all the year on the inactives, but the Ravens, they do kind of like that big corner mold. I mean, Jimmy Smith is a fairly big guy, so um, I don't know. With 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 Jackson as a, as a player, I've, you know, senior, I mean, not the senior role, but the combine kind of reaffirmed this. I think he, I don't think he's, you know, the, the fastest guy, you know, that, 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 I believe it was like four or five, four, six speed just kind of spooked me a little bit. Um, but no, like I think you know, his his length is definitely like you know the best part of his you know his game. I mean he he, I think he does a pretty good job of crowding the line, um, and is kind of and gets pretty physical at times. So I'm not totally opposed to having another Lamar Jackson on the Ravens. That'd be kind of that would that'd be kind of uh, interesting for the memes, if you will. All right, I I, I went with a very very different uh, approach on my last pick because again, um, you know. As much as I like Lamar Jackson, teaming up with Lamar Jackson, and I got kind of confused midway through where he was going with that, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I was looking at it, and I go, you don't have anything after a fifth, so unless you trade back, you've really got to make sure that all six picks and all five rounds, you're able to cover someone that can contribute really right away. So I was taking a look at it, and... I'm looking at some of the positions where Baltimore's getting a little bit older, and the first guy I went to was Mark Ingram, because Mark Ingram is 30, and you're going to need someone that can replace him, and I think that one of the ways that you can do that is by doing what a lot of teams are doing, which is just taking a flyer on a, on a running back in round five, in round six, and I looked at it, and I saw a guy that, uh, again, had no business still being there, uh, several rounds value at this point, and it was Darrington Evans, the running back out of App State. I know that Daniel Jeremiah will be so happy to see an App, you know, an App State guy go into a team that he was in the building for at one point. Um, but seriously, Darrington Evans, I have said this, uh, there's a tweet of mine from a while back when I was first watching his tape where it was, uh, step one, draft Darrington Evans in round four or five. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. And I still stick to that to this day. Getting someone, uh, Darrington Evans is my 11th ranked running back. And he's ahead of guys like Anthony McFarland Jr. who get more hype than him. Both of the TCU guys, the Michael P. Ryan, um, you know, Michael Warren out of Cincinnati, Jermichael Hasty, Joshua Kelly. He's better than all of those guys and gets none of the hype that any of those guys do. So getting him in round five, I think he can step in and produce right away. And I think he could be kind of your lead back in a year or two. 
Yeah, actually, I, I, I kind of like that pick quite a bit. You know, late round guy. You know, don't draft him too early. Um, so, what I've talked to you about before we started recording was uh, Kyle Krabs this morning. I don't know if any of you read his mock draft, but he uh, mocked uh, DeAndre Swift to the Ravens in round two. I think they, I believe, he had to trade up. Now, I, I don't, you know, this is not to say I, I don't like Kyle Krabs because actually, I, I'm he's probably one of the guys in the entire community that I respect the most. But just for, you know. I don't like. I'm not exactly 100% on board with the idea of trading up for a running back. Now, it's DeAndre Swift. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, DeAndre Swift is, is hashtag good. Um, but I, if the Ravens were going to draft a running back in this year's draft, I prefer they do it. You know, obviously, like Mike did in in the uh, later rounds. And with Evans, um, yeah, I, I think he does have the chance to uh, become a starter later down the line. I mean, his, he has some pretty good short area quickness, speed. Um, so I think you know, you probably get involved in a little bit of the passing game early. Um, and I think, you know, um, you know, he, he has pretty – I know some say he's – I've heard people say he doesn't have the best vision, but I think it actually is adequate, and obviously he'll have time to learn, say, behind Mark Ingram and uh, Justice Hill. So, you know, I, I think, you know, for a late-round flyer, late flyer, I think uh, I think Evans will be a, a good fit for – a good pick for Baltimore. All right, Nick, so now you've gotten to see both of our, I guess, five-round mock drafts, technically, since they don't have a six or a seven. So you've gotten to see both. You've given your feedback on both. Ultimately, who came away with the best draft for the Baltimore Ravens? Um, so anyway, I was writing. I wrote them down both on a piece of paper. You know, to keep track. You know, it's like a good idea. Um, both of you guys have kind of went ahead and got some of my draft crushes, and you know, and Lucky Foto and Bradley and I. You know, as a, as a former you know defensive lineman in high school, you know. You know, I appreciate both positions, you know, quite deeply, so very much so. Uh, you know, I'm always, you know, I stand for the edge guys. And also, you got Courtney Davis, who I, I really think is, you know, I still, even after people, you know, got hype over him a couple, like a month or two ago, I still think it's pretty under the radar. And Josh Uche, you know, um, and to kind of, you know, bring it up to the uh, first-round picks with, you know, with Queen and Murray, like, I, you know, either linebacker I will be good with. But I think... Uh, I don't know. This is a bit tough. This is a bit tough. I almost want to go with with what Mike with with Mike's mock draft because of Anai and Claypool. But the the idea of like bringing in like Fotu and Uche and Davis and, and Queen like I don't know. I I think I might have to go Devin. Oh, Let's go! Just by a hair, just you, you have to realize. You have to realize that's like this is like a, a whole bunch of my, my favorite guys in the class. So it's it's really hard for me to pick. I think I think Devin's got it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let, uh, excuse me for a minute. Let me give my uh, victory speech. <laughs> so first, so first, I would like to draft. Uh, uh, not draft, not but draft, I would like to thank like the NFL Draft, NFL draft Network. Network. Actually, not the NFL, NFL Draft Network. Network. <laughs> the Draft <laughs> Network. <laughs> for that amazing mock draft. <laughs> Secondly, I would think, like to thank Josh Uche. For being what? there. 
Oh man. <laughs> I'm weak, yo. <laughs> oh, this isn't over yet. I know he's got more. And then finally. <sighs> it was it was great doing uh podcast with your mic. Time to go work for the Ravens front office. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you want to go whisper in, a, if you want to go whisper in Eric Tacosta's ear about this, like I'm, go right ahead. <laughs> I actually I cannot. cannot. <laughs> Mike, so you don't get offended. This was very hard for me. All right. I, I'm sure it was. <laughs> oh man. Because I mean, you pulled, you 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 drafted a nine. I mean, that's like, you know, I'm I'm. I'm putting everything on a table for him, right? Like, oh, this was this was amazing. We just keep one-upping ourselves every week. Yeah, yeah, and you know me like nervously talking through it all, but you know it's oh well. <laughs> all right, so that's gonna do it for today. I have to go uh, recover my pride. Uh, so for me, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> We're going to have to have some words after this podcast, Devin. Oh, by the way, I got I got TDN Premium. Hey! <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, this is the greatest... I Wait, you don't. Oh, Wait, you don't. I, I don't know. I'm a Brooke College student. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I, I they all do great work, but but I'm, I'm cheap as hell, all right? I got a budget. Well, well, let me. Let, you know what? You know it, what? Wait, a minute, wait a minute, Mike. I Mike, I won. I won this I mock, won draft. mock draft. I'll close out this show. <laughs> Let's go. So, uh, excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> you can follow my co-host Mike on Twitter at Mike H underscore Draft. You can follow Nick on Twitter at his amazing Twitter handle, PriceCheck3. And then, of course, you can pick the next Ravens GM at RealD underscore Jackson. We'll see you guys next week. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.